When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we're all realizing that the quality of our air, and particularly the quality of our indoor air, is really darn important. I'm so excited to tell you about Puro Air because in 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called a HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. I keep my Puro Air running upstairs where the bedrooms are all night. I love that it's quiet. Cleaner air just hits different, doesn't it? Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time for the people in the back, getpuroair.com. Hi there, listeners. Welcome back. My name is Stephanie Safarian, and you're listening to episode 334 of Sustainable Minimalist. What on earth is this show? It is a twice-weekly show about intentional and eco-minimalist living. On today's show, we are discussing the why and the how behind creating plant-based homes and specifically behind raising plant-based children. Every January, I do an episode in honor of Veganuary. And if you're not familiar with Veganuary, Veganuary is a month, the month of January, in which thousands upon thousands of people all over the world go vegan for the entire month, so no meat and no dairy in their diets. And I do an honorary episode every year, first of all because my family participates in Veganuary every single year, but also because I do believe that our future as a collective is plant-based. We'll talk about that in today's episode. I say all of that to say that I have been trying and failing and struggling. I've been on the plant-based struggle bust for years, <laughs> a good decade, I would say. And I struggle with making veganism stick for myself and for my family. It's really darn hard. But in my personal life, I continue to try. And so these vegan central episodes that I do in January every year are for you, the listeners, of course, yes, but they're also for me as I continuously hop on and stay on that struggle bus and hope that this vegetarian household seamlessly, fingers crossed, just moves into a vegan household. We'll see. Today I am speaking with Faith Richardson. Faith is a senior project manager over at PETA, and today we're talking about the how behind getting kids on board with a plant-based lifestyle, but more importantly, the why. Like, why should we even try to do this really hard, really countercultural thing? Why should we even attempt it? Faith, so excited to have you on the show. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm thrilled to talk to you about plant-based parenting, for lack of a better phrase. I'm curious right off the bat, did your parents raise you to be vegan from a young age? I love that question. Uh, I have not always been vegan. So I went vegan after I started like making my own food choices in college. And I think that's an important point because like I wasn't a kid who disliked the taste of the things that I was eating, which made me go vegan. I think it's a more important, you know, point that most people who go vegan go vegan for 
the environment, for their health, and for the animals. And you can enjoy all of those same great flavors that you loved growing up before you were vegan as a vegan now. So I wasn't always, but I've been for a while now vegan and and really enjoying it. And I know you have a daughter, a toddler, I believe. Are you raising her to be 100% plant-based? She is. Eloise is too. My daughter, she's vegan. I was vegan throughout my whole pregnancy with her. She is really thriving on a vegan diet. Uh, We always, you know, during her checkups with her pediatrician, they're just always so amazed at how healthy and talkative and active she is. So she's really thriving on that healthy vegan diet. That's so interesting to me to hear you say that because when my first daughter was born and she started eating solid foods, the pediatrician asked, you know, what are you feeding her? Are there any restrictions in the household? And I am raising them to be vegetarian. And so when I said that to the pediatrician, she made a note on her file uh, as like a some, something to watch. It seemed as though to me as the mom, when I got the printout at the end of that appointment, that perhaps my daughter wasn't getting the nutrients that she needed. And so let's get that out of the way first and foremost. Can children who are growing rapidly and need nutrients, can they get all the nutrients they need on a vegan diet? Absolutely. I mean, you can cover all of your bases. You can get plant-based proteins, trying tofu, beans, legumes, nuts, seeds, those types of things into their diet to hit all of those. You can get all of your calcium from plant-based sources as well, trying vegan milks made from soy or peas are typically, you know, the best nutrient wise. Uh, Our daughter also likes almond milk and that's great for her calcium intake. So we do almond milk and soy milk in our house. And there's so many plant-based just alternatives, vegan options out there to feed kids and exciting things too. You can find vegan like chicken nugget alternatives and things that maybe my daughter is like eating with her non-vegan cousin. They can share the same types of food together and she doesn't ever feel left out or like she's lacking anything that the other kids are eating who are around her who may not be vegan. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good point there. Kids these days in 2023 will not be ostracized or looked down upon or left out because they're eating some quote unquote weird food, right? There's a vegan alternative to the chicken nuggets that look almost the same as a real chicken nugget. And so kids can still be kids. Kids can still eat similarly to their carnivorous friends. But I do wonder, you know, those meat-free alternatives are so heavily processed and there's so much stuff in there, so much perhaps unhealthy stuff in there to get them to taste like meat. So it would seem to me that the most prudent option is when your children are young, really young, you introduce them to the whole foods, the legumes, the beans, etc., so that you don't retroactively find yourself as a parent relying on these heavily processed meat-like alternatives. That's just something I've been toying with in my own life as the mother of two children who love the vegan burgers that look and taste and even 
like have the texture of real meat. Uh, but I always find myself wondering, well, how healthy is this thing, really? I mean, at the end of the day, food is for nutrition. How healthy is this thing? And I don't know the answer. <laughs> I don't know the answer. Go well, often those, like, take, um, let's talk about Beyond Burgers just as an example. Those are frequently found in restaurants as, you know, a vegan burger alternative. Those are made with pea protein. It's really healthy. You don't have any of the cholesterol that you get from a beef burger, and those also have like beet juice to resemble like the uh, like bleeding burger. So they have a lot of good ingredients in their products. There are bad ingredients and harmful things that are in processed meat products. And those meat products have also been attributed to health issues like obesity, heart disease, and certain types of cancers. So steering clear of those, there's so many vegan options that even if they are processed, you can check the ingredients, you can find good options out there. But I definitely agree. It's great to have lots of whole foods in a healthy vegan diet, things that are minimally processed or not processed at all, and making sure that your kids eat lots of vegetables as much as you can. I have a piggy toddler, but we figure out what works for us and what she'll like to eat and just try to introduce a lot of different foods, a lot of variety introduce her to a lot of different fruits and vegetables and things um, to make sure that we're hitting all her nutritional needs and just getting her used to different types of eating. Hmm. Well, you make a excellent point there, right? That, you know, the, the meat, the actual meat items on the market aren't necessarily healthy either. So point taken there. What do you say to parents and perhaps my daughter's old pediatrician who say or argue or believe that growing children, because of the nature of the fact that they're growing, need protein and they can't get their protein needs met through a plant-based diet. What do you say to that? Is that even true? Absolutely not. If you eat a reasonably varied diet, you'll consume a sufficient amount of protein. But if you're looking for vegan options that have higher amounts of protein, look for tofu, legumes, nuts, seeds. Those are all really great options. Let's back up and talk about the why. I know you work for PETA and PETA is very anti-animal cruelty focused. Absolutely. Nobody wants to be cruel to animals. But for the purposes of this show, tell us the why as it relates to eating plant-based and raising our children for a lifetime of plant-based eating for the planet. Tell us the why behind that. Well, raising animals for food requires massive amounts of land, food, energy, and water. So the byproducts often pollute our air and our waterways. We talked about this a lot, about how eating vegan foods really benefits not only the animals that we obviously are trying to save. I mean, eating vegan saves about 200 animals every year. And not only about the health benefits that you get from not eating them, but also that it does benefit our environment. And that's something that we're really passionate about, especially in my family, talking about things that we can do to help the environment, things that we can do to lower our impact. And we you know, eat the way we do in part to help the environment in those ways. It seems to me as a mother of two, that most children are born with an innate sense of compassion 
for animals, but really for all living things. My young daughters, you know, flowers, they don't want to trample on and crush. Trees, they don't want to pick leaves off of because they don't want to hurt the tree. Animals, absolutely. How can we as parents perhaps capitalize? That sounds perhaps like the wrong word, but I'm going with it. How can we capitalize on our young children's innate sense of compassion as a means of steering them towards plant-based eating for the long haul? I think just being truthful with our kids and having conversations about where our food comes from is especially important. When we hide things from our kids or don't tell them the full truth of the story, we're not giving them an option of what they're choosing to eat or what they're choosing to be involved in. So absolutely, like you said, kids have this inherent compassion and love for animals. So in order to like foster that and help support them, we can acknowledge those choices of not squishing bugs or helping to take the spider outside petting dogs gently, things like that. We can acknowledge the great things that they're doing, but also have conversations with our kids. I often talk to my toddler about what we eat, especially when we're around family or friends who don't eat the same ways that we do about, well, we're eating, you know, our tofu here because no animals were harmed to make this. Or if she sees something at the grocery store and she wants to have it because it's got a character on it that she recognizes we can have a conversation and say, well, this has something that comes from an animal. And so we don't eat this. And I'm just being like truthful with her without any of the graphic details, but just talking about, we love animals. We care for animals. We don't want to hurt them. And they're not ours to use for food. Making that point, driving that home just helps us to have that conversation together. And it's something that she can be involved in as well. It's not me just telling her, no, don't have that, have this instead. It's talking to her about why we're choosing the way that we do and having a conversation about it. Hmm. I'm thinking about my eight-year-old as you're talking. She is proudly vegetarian. She is totally fine with being different from her friends because she truly loves animals. And she's also a, a good eater. Like she will in what I consider for an eight-year-old to be an expanded palate. But what do you say to parents listening right now who have children, they have for the past however many years eaten meat and dairy, they love meat and cheese, and are picky eaters? What are some first steps for them? First steps, I would go with the flavors that your kids enjoy eating. So I would definitely try picking up some... Beyond Burgers, some vegan cheese slices to make grilled cheese. I would try like Gardein chicken tenders, things like that, that you know that your kids like. Um, My daughter really likes mac and cheese. Uh, We can find vegan mac and cheese in boxes. You can prepare really easily and also like microwavable cups to bring over to her grandparents' house when she stays over there uh, during the week sometimes. So you can find those options and the things that your kids are used to eating as you start to try to introduce other like interesting foods that they haven't tried before, like before you try uh, making tofu for the first time, maybe, or trying a new like casserole dish or soup or something like that. Yeah. You know, 
I believe the statistic is that for every year that you eat plant-based, you are preventing 1.5 metric tons of carbon from entering the atmosphere. So if we live till 70, let's say, I'm not going to do the math off the top of my head, 70 plus 35, 105 metric tons of carbon. If we raise our children from minute one of eating solid foods to choose plant-based options, that's a significant amount. And we talk a lot on the show about actions that have some zeros behind them, have some bang for their buck. And guiding our children towards plant-based eating is a gigantic bang for our buck action, especially when we put numbers and metric tons behind the action. I do believe that parents listening right now are probably thinking to themselves, my kid's never going to go for this, especially my older kid. (laughs) Do you have any words of encouragement for them? I think that your kids will take it easier than you think. I feel like there's a fear out there that it will be too hard or too scary or that you'll see too much pushback. But the vegan options, even just in the last few years, have grown so tremendously. You can easily even like take road trips these days and find vegan food at fast food restaurants when you're in a pinch. You can get vegan kids meals from Chipotle, Taco Bell, and Panda Express with like delicious vegan options. I mean, Panda Express now has the Beyond Vegan Orange Chicken. So there are some really great options out there. There are so many options in grocery stores. You can find recipe books, cookbooks. You can find Instagram pages to follow, recipes on Pinterest, so many different options to try at home to replace some of those same great flavors that you love. And so many great flavors that your kids will love too. And talking about the environmental stuff, having those conversations with your kids, especially if they're older and they're interested in helping the environment, the United Nations has said that a global shift in a vegan diet is vital if we're going to combat the worst effects of climate change. So this is very important. I mean, two pounds of beef causes more greenhouse gas emissions than driving your car for three hours. These are really big numbers. Yes, your answer there really touches on the point that, you know, we can solve so many issues (laughs) with one, on paper, quite simple change, change what we put into our bodies, right? But it's easy on paper, it's not so easy in real life. And I don't know why that is, but we're going to take a quick break and I'm going to get your thoughts on that. Like if Going plant-based, if if getting our families even better on board with going plant-based is going to help our health, help the planet's health, like why aren't we doing it as as a society, as a culture? So we're going to get there after a quick word from this week's sponsor. Hello, Sustainable Minimalist listeners. Are you committed to living a greener and simpler life? Well, meet Home Threads, your ally in more sustainable and minimalist home decor. As the total destination for decor and furniture, Home Threads helps you define your minimalist lifestyle while respecting the planet. Discover their exclusive Haven collection 
They use many sustainable materials without compromising on style. And here's the best part. Home Threads always has the best value. It was time. After nine years of living in our home, it was time to replace our outdoor furniture. And my husband and I, we went to Home Threads. We have a Home Threads patio umbrella and a new bench. And oh my goodness, we are so in love. Create a home that reflects your commitment to the environment. Visit homethreads.com slash sustainable and get a code for 15% off your first order. Homethreads.com slash sustainable. Love where you live. So many of us have chaotic closets that are crammed full of clothing items and yet somehow we still have nothing to wear. Well, upgrading to high quality and affordable pieces from Quince when you need them is a game changer. They offer organic cotton sweaters and washable silk tops. My 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters are my go-to. Not only are they affordable, but the quality is top-notch They wear better than the cashmere sweaters that are double their price. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash sustainable podcast for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash sustainable podcast to get free shipping and 365 day returns. One more time, quince.com slash sustainable podcast. And we're back. Today, I'm speaking with Faith Robinson. Faith is a senior project manager for People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, also known, better known, I should say, as PETA. Before the break, Faith, we were talking about how, on paper, the answer is so simple. Go plant-based. We're solving so many problems with one, quote-unquote, simple choice. Yet, so many of us, even though we know the solution, we're still not doing it. Do you have any thoughts on why that is? I think people are comfortable in what they're doing and are afraid to step out of their comfort zone. I think it's hard to challenge what you've done all your life. It's hard to make such a dramatic change when you've grown up in the way that you have, especially in what you eat. We eat multiple times a day, every day. It's what helps us to survive. And challenging that can be a hard conversation to have, but it's an especially important one. The World Health Organization has reported that eating processed meat like bacon and hot dogs actually causes cancer. Our inability often to look at what we're eating and make those changes is hurting our health and it's hurting the planet and it's hurting animals. And it's really never been easier than it is right now to find alternatives to make that switch. And there's nobody better time than today, especially in the new year, to jump in, try something new, and feel all of these benefits. You'll feel better health-wise, and you'll also feel better knowing that you're helping the planet and the animals. So, you know, I have thoughts on why we're not all doing it. And I think the reason is, is because we Americans have been conditioned to take the path of least resistance. We've been conditioned to value convenience over all else. Convenience paired with like a self-centered way of looking at the world. So me first, I guess, would be a better way of putting it. We all have been conditioned to put ourselves 
first. Put our own comfort, our own taste preferences ahead of what's best for the collective. And I think we really see that here when it comes to veganism. I interviewed a vegan and an author last year on the show. Her name was Roanne Van Voorst, and it was a powerful episode, in my opinion. It stuck with me. I'll link to it in the show notes for anybody who hasn't heard it yet. But she made the argument that veganism is the way of the future, whether we like it or not, that in a few decades, eating meat will be seen in a similar way that we look at smoking now. It will be looked down upon and it will be shunned. And so if you think, let's say 50 years into the future, people are gonna look at carnivorous diets in such a way, like that's disgusting, that's unethical. If that's true, then it would be so smart for us as parents to set our children up to ride that wave before the wave comes in and we're behind the curve. What do you think about that argument that the planet is moving towards a vegan diet on a mass scale, whether we individually want it or not? What do you have to say on that? Absolutely. Being vegan is the way of the future and our kids are our future. There are more and more kids going vegan every day. And you can see it when big businesses get involved too, putting out more vegan options because they know that it's trendy. We see more clothing companies offering vegan leather for shoes, for example, or cosmetic companies showing their label on their products, showing that they don't test on animals. More and more people are caring about this issue. And that's why we need to talk about it more frequently. Faith, I would love to transition our conversation into the how. So I'm a huge fan of incrementalism, baby steps over sweeping changes. You know, you mentioned plant-based milks. There are so many these days. That's an easy swap. Instead of buying the jug of cow's milk, why not experiment with some plant-based milk alternatives? That is like an easy swap. If you're still drinking cow's milk, You have homework, and it is to go and try an oat milk or even an almond milk. Try something different. You probably won't, like, okay, give it a couple weeks, but your taste buds are not going to be angry at you. They're not. And you also mentioned Beyond Meat Burgers. My meat-loving husband prefers Beyond Burgers these days. He prefers them. He loves them. Do you have any other incremental food swaps that listeners who are completely new to this should check out? Yes, absolutely. I think tofu is a great option. It's super healthy. It's minimally processed and it it can be used in so many different ways. You can flavor it in so many different ways. Um, We eat a lot of tofu. My toddler really loves it and she's a very picky eater. We also really like uh, Gardein fishless fillets are an awesome option to save fish too. So those are really delicious and like a fun new option you can try in your diet, but just get out there. I think you'll be surprised by just what your local grocery store has available in terms of vegan meats, vegan cheeses, vegan ice creams. Even I'm not doing my grocery shopping at like 
a health food store. I'm doing it at my local Kroger. So you can find all of these places really wherever you're doing your grocery shopping. Totally. I mean, the soy-based or coconut milk-based ice creams taste just as good as dairy ice creams, everybody. I know because I can house a pint or half a pint in one sitting. Yes, I can. You mentioned tofu there. For listeners who, you know, tofu has a reputation. I don't know why. We've got to get rid of that <laughs> reputation. It's so good. It It is. And it's all in how you prepare it. My kids love it when we... Uh, well, first of all, you got to take the water out. So we let it sit on the counter with a plate on top for a while to squeeze the moisture out. But then you just flour it. You like put it in some flour and then you fry it and it tastes phenomenal, phenomenal. Nobody complains. The kids enjoy it. The kids prefer it. And then I would also say to you for listeners who are like, this sounds too hard. This sounds too daunting. I would say don't reinvent the wheel. Spaghetti and bread sauce. That's vegan. I mean, if you're doing a garlic bread like I did last night, there's vegan butter on the market. Tastes just as good. It's a little bit saltier. But there you go. There's a plant-based dinner right there. Or the night before that, I did lentil soup. Lentil soup is vegan, right? We don't have to go crazy with the swaps. We can just, you know, bring it back to basics. Because a lot of times, the stuff our kids like can be made vegan without much exactly. Work. And let's talk about some of like the the biggest staples of kids lunches too when you think about it. Peanut butter and jelly, already vegan. Uh hummus and pretzels or hummus and chips, which is great for protein intake too, already vegan. So there are so many things that we may be feeding our kids already that are vegan that they will continue to enjoy and can continue to help them meet their nutritional needs and you don't have to um, buy a bunch of different swaps if you're not into that. Like you said, you can use marinara sauce. I also saw that they have like a vegan Alfredo sauce in a jar that you can just buy and use that for a creamier pasta. So many different options out there that you can do, even just keeping it simple. Okay, so I don't know, Faith, how much you're going out to eat with a two-year-old, but what if you do go out to eat with your two-year-old, what do you do at restaurants? That's a great question. And we do go out to eat probably once every couple of weeks. And we really like to go out to pizza. Our, our family really likes to get pizza. And I live in Texas. Um, so not somewhere that people automatically think has a ton of like vegan options. Often Texas is seen as like a big meat heavy state, but there are so many options anywhere you live. So we'll go to a local pizza restaurant. Uh, we go to Mellow Mushroom. I believe that is a chain. And we'll get vegan cheese on our pizza and add tofu to it. Our local Mellow Mushroom has these really great vegan chicken wings that my husband gets and they offer vegan ranch as well. So you may be surprised, like get out there and see what's available. But we also really like Panda Express. They have like chow mein that's already vegan. They're super greens, has broccoli and kale and cabbage, I believe, which we'll get. And then we'll get their Beyond Vegan Orange Chicken. It's so delicious if you haven't tried it yet. It's fairly new. So I would definitely recommend that to anyone who's like on the fence of trying a new vegan option. It's super delicious. Hmm. Okay, so 
it's January, and January is known, at least in my household, as Veganuary, because for the whole month, this vegetarian household goes vegan. For any listeners who are going vegan for the month of January, maybe going vegan forever, maybe not even going vegan, but just want to take a step in that direction, do you have any thoughts on making Veganuary successful? Absolutely. We have lots of resources on our website at PETA.org, especially kicking off the year um, this January. So we'll have lots more content on there. You can just go to our homepage, find tons of recipes linked there and uh, different resources to help you out. If you're a parent and you're interested in finding out more about where can my kid find like a vegan kids meal while we're out somewhere? Or how do I make sure I'm meeting my kids' nutritional needs on a vegan diet? We have articles curated by parents at petakids.com. You can also check out. So we've got lots of resources available throughout the month and the whole year round um, to help you and support you. I think step one to our conversation is to get excited about getting curious, going to the supermarket, going to your favorite online food market, getting curious, getting excited to experiment, getting excited to, as parents, almost be children again, trying on new things, looking at the problem, let's say, of feeding our families through the lens of how can we do this in a different way? And I, we do that all the time in the kitchen anyway, right? Like we try new recipes. Why do we try new recipes? It's to keep ourselves <laughs> motivated to continue to cook, right? I, I know for me, I get sick of cooking the same thing. So I'm always looking for new recipes. It's the same with this conversation. Like let's try some new recipes. Let's them be plant-based, let's try some new products that we see in the grocery store that, you know, maybe ordinarily we pass by. Let's get curious. Let's be willing to experiment again. And so one more question for you, Faith, before we say goodbye. My eight-year-old is on board. She, again, I mentioned before, she's an animal lover. She she does not eat meat. She will occasionally have egg and cheese. I got to work on that. I know it. But I don't need to motivate her. She's intrinsically motivated. What about older kids who may not be so motivated? Do you have any tips or thoughts on number one, when, and number two, how to talk to older children about the realities associated with our diets and climate change, about the realities associated with what goes on in slaughterhouses. Do you have any thoughts on that? And I know you have a two-year-old, so you're not having these deep conversations, but I'm curious. Yes, with with younger kids, and especially like with my two-year-old, obviously we do a lot of books. We'll read a lot of books together that talk about empathy for animals. So with older kids, I think getting them out there and meeting animals can be really important when you have these conversations about the lives that they live when they're used for food. There are a lot of sanctuaries that take in animals who have been abused for food and let them live out their lives. And it can be 
so rewarding to meet them um, in person when you're working on going vegan or when you are vegan. Um, So that is great. Also, if you feel like you're ready to have these other conversations about the environmental impact of eating animals on the planet with your older kid, maybe you've got like a teenager or something, maybe having like a movie movie night together, watching Cowspiracy is a great one. That's all about the environmental impacts that you know, eating animals has. So you can watch that together and then have conversations after. How did you feel about that? How did hearing all of that and seeing that footage make you feel? What do you want to do about it now? Should we try more recipes next week? And like you mentioned, it is really fun to, to try new things and get out there. And being vegan for me has really allowed me to step out of my comfort zone and try a lot of new things in my life. I started recently like making my, some of my own vegan meats. My husband is a big fan of my like vegan turkey that I'll make. So things that I never thought I would be able to do, I'm doing now and I'm trying things and I'm really excited about it. I feel like a little kid. And that's important, right? To keep learning, to keep trying new things. My sister and I, we did not grow up in a vegan household by any means. Meat was the staple on the plate. And then there was a starch. And then there was a vegetable. And that was dinner most nights. And my mom, you know, did a great job. She did the best she could. But both of us, my sister and I, both of us independently came to to vegetarian diets. My sister, you know, you mentioned Cowspiracy. My sister watched Cowspiracy one time and that was it. She was done. <laughs> she wasn't going to eat meat ever again. And for me too, just 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 learning, just opening my eyes and ears to the realities of the world directed me to that lifestyle. And so I say all that to say that at the end of the day, our kids are going to (laughs) make their own choices as they grow older, and they're going to be their own people. However, if the plant-based wave is coming ashore, and we can either be a first adopter or somebody who's reluctant in the back being swept away, wouldn't we want to set our children up? to be leaders as opposed to disgruntled, I don't know, people who are swept away. Well, thank you so much, Faith. I am excited to veganuary the heck out of my household. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Listeners, that's a wrap. Show notes are at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 334. And I want to end the show with some closing remarks. My closing remarks are, of course, that little tiny baby steps, incrementalism is always better than militant, 100% go and then fail and give up, right? So little baby steps, perhaps plant-based in your home is not going to happen 100% anytime soon. That is totally fine and that's totally real. That's real life. But maybe Mondays are plant-based days in your home. Maybe Mondays and Wednesdays. Maybe all breakfasts are plant-based. Maybe just two dinners a week. I mean, you can get creative with this. And remember, baby steps that are sustainable for the long haul are, in my view, always preferable to big bang efforts that fizzle out. 
So I will see you on Thursday. Reach out if you need me and take care.